You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And you're listening to the prologue on America's Web Radio, and I thank you very much for that. Now, this is a weekly program, and we bring you introductions to writers and books that you may not be familiar with yet. My name is Doug Dahlgren. I'll be your host for this hour. Now, I'm an author myself. I have eight fiction novels that are available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and all of your online book ordering sites. You can also visit my personal website, which is DougDahlgren.com, and get just about all the information you need about my books, which are action thrillers, and I hope you'll take time and look at those. Now, we call this show the prologue because that's exactly what it is. It's an introduction. And while we, those that we introduce are mainly writers, we love to bring you interesting people with just a good story to tell from whatever field or endeavor they may be involved with. So if you or someone you know has that book or just that interesting story that needs to be told, I'd like you to reach out to me or have them do so. You can do that through email. There's two ways. There's Doug at AmericasWebRadio.com or Doug at DougDahlgren.com. I'd love to speak with you about being on a future program. Now, our guest today is an author and the owner of several businesses, including an exclusive management agency for entrepreneurs of the fine arts. Her firm offers elements of public relations, advertising, and multimedia to entrepreneurs, whether they be musicians, designers, authors, painters, or really whatever. Now, the mission of her company is stated to help navigate entrepreneurial-minded clients to achieve their unlimited potential. She shares with us the story of her childhood and growth through trials and issues that others might recognize as similar to their own. She brings us her book and her story in this hour. But before we bring her on, I'd like to recognize two groups of listeners that we are very proud to have here on America's Web Radio. First, of course, are our folks who are serving in the armed forces of this country, wherever they may be in the world. They're working hard every day to keep us safe back here at home. Freedom isn't free, folks. It's bought and paid for daily, and the price is high. And it's paid for by those men and women in uniform. So we thank them very much for what they do. I also want to mention the first responders. We sometimes don't think about them. But these are those folks here in uniform at home, those police, fire, EMT people who rush to your aid, not knowing who you are or what your circumstances are, but they rush to your aid when you need their help. So we thank each and every one of them for what they do, and we appreciate them as listeners as well. Now, autobiographical books are not really tell-alls. They tend to be what the writer wants you to know about them. It's their struggles, their tests, their survival story, and their victories. Now, our book today has all those elements, and it comes to us from an author who counsels others on overcoming obstacles in their business life. The author is Ashley Terrell. Her book is The Black Sheep Shadow, and this is your prologue. Now, this is a little different than my normal prologues. The dedication to this book mentions whoever is willing to be courageous, to stand against the odds, and to have their own identity and voice. The author of the book begins her story with this poem. 
and I'm going to try my best to interpret it the way she wrote it. Your past does not define your future. In the dark, we do not have shadows. In the light, we do. Even me, even you, even sheep. It is time for hiding the scars and pain. It is time out for disguising when we need help. It is time to stand up and embrace yourself. Regardless of violence, regardless of opinions, regardless of loneliness, regardless of beauty. You are who you are. Your future is what you want it to be. You have a shadow. You have an identity. Even black sheep have shadows. God's sheep are only black because society locks us in a room with the lights off. What's going to make you determined to turn those lights on? And this is her story. The book, The Black Sheep Shadow, the author, Ashley Terrell, is with us this hour. Welcome to the prologue, Ashley. How are you this morning? I'm good, thank you. Well, now, Black Sheep Shadow is actually your third book. Uh, in 2013, you released The Diary of Black Stilettos, and then in Correct. 2014, along came Bitterness Isn't Sexy. Now, the, the first novel was kind of a fiction thing, while the uh, second one and the current book are more self-help guides. Is there a pattern to the direction that your writing is going? Um, you know, my biggest thing when it comes down to writing is that we all have to find our footing. So we start with what it is that we typically read, and then we try to fixate where we assume that we can follow suit or, or trend. Um, but little do we know within our writing, as we, we mature per each piece, um, we finally find our footing, and I'm definitely comfortable with the self-help because it's more relatable, so I think I'm going to be sticking there. Okay. Now, the autobiographical portion of your story actually starts in Chapter 3, am I right? Uh, chapter 1 is basically a setup. Uh, would, you, would you tell the listeners a little bit about that first chapter? Pretty much the first chapter, I wanted everyone to have a, a, a vivid picture as to where I was at that moment, um, where I felt things in my life weren't making sense. And I wanted every, every reader to be in that headspace first because that is really going to help you distinguish which decisions I made that were proactive and reactive. So that way they can apply it to their life to see exactly where, you know, they could possibly miss some of those mistakes and steps that I took and that I went through um, to be able to be more successful and, and dodge a couple of unnecessary lessons that have to be learned. There's a lot today that people describe as dysfunctional families, and I think yours probably came into that category. There's different degrees of that. Uh, what age were you when your personal story in this book begins? I will honestly say 13, um, because that was a very um, that was a very emotional year for me all the way around. Um, that was definitely one year that uh, you'll never forget, but at the same time, um, it's very easy to remember. So 13 
13 was pretty much the, the start of it all for me. Now, where were you and uh, where did your family live? At that time, we lived in Virginia. Uh, we lived in what's known as um, the Hampton Roads area of Virginia. Uh, we resided in Newport News at that time, and we were actually uh, transitioning to Portsmouth, Virginia, um, due to my dad's uh, military uh, orders that uh, that he received from the Army. Okay, so your dad was in the military. Was he a career military person? Correct, correct. Okay, all right. Now, you described your childhood, and, and it's not real comfortable. We're going to let the, the readers read about all that. But what was the thing that you were most afraid of when you were younger? I would honestly say acceptance. Um, everything has its good and its bad side, and I think acceptance was my biggest fear. And it showed in so many different ways throughout the the whole entire book, um, The Black Sheep Shadow. Um, that plays a huge part in anyone's life, um, and it mainly starts at home. So um, not knowing if you're going to get it or if you have it puts you in a very uh, complex place because you you don't know if you're doing something right or if you're doing something wrong, and that's when the lessons develop because you have to find out for yourself. Okay. Would you describe a little bit about the relationship that you had with your mother? Um, I would say, honestly, uh, acceptance was a huge issue uh, with the relationship with my mother and I. Um, I feel, honestly... As a woman now, um, I feel like we have a lot of differences, and I feel like a lot of our differences come from, you know, her upbringing versus what I see, and um, the world and the media being an influence, as well as her actions being an influence, and um, I feel as if, like, with us, I feel like we're very headstrong women looking at it now. Um, unfortunately, we didn't think that way um, earlier in time, but um, it has a strain on it. But I've learned to accept, and I, I've learned to understand that just because you do not have a good relationship with who you expect that you do or you're supposed to. It doesn't stop you from living. It only stops you from living if you allow it. And to stop that from happening, you have to forgive them. Your uh, growing up, hand-me-down clothes is not that unusual. But your situation with the hand-me-downs was a little bit different than most. Would you uh, explain what I mean by that? Um, yes. Um, I have a um, an older brother. We're about, about 15 months apart. And, um, of course, he's the firstborn. Um, he has being my brother, of course. Um, I guess my parents, they did the best that they could. And, in essence, I felt as if I received a lot of what it was that he had. Um, not really have an opportunity of having my own. So 
when the summertime comes or the school season comes, what we will do in rotation will be that my brother's things that he no longer can fit will be things that I will wear. So when school had picture day or, you know, school had those those fun themed days like twin days, those were the perfect times for my mom <laughs> wanting us to wear these identical articles of clothing. So it, it was kind of hard to find an identity when someone was giving you one already. Yeah, you were wearing your brother's hand-me-downs, which is kind of kind of hard to be <laughs> to be different with that. Um, right. How long did this go on? Um, until I was, give or take, maybe uh, 14 or 15. Um, short period of time, but it was enough for you to really feel as if, like, you, you didn't really have an identity and you, you couldn't recognize yourself. So that was the biggest struggle at that time. And that would, that would be something difficult to deal with. You also, uh, your mom wasn't really interested in helping you in things that young girls need, like learning how to comb their hair and, and different, different things like that. How did, uh, were you aware of this or, or looking back on it, did that make you aware of it? It's a little bit of both, um, being told and being showed, um, they pretty much uh, were parallel to each other. So, I mean, there was really no secret about that. I just had to accept it and figure it out the best way that I knew how. Okay. Folks, we're here on the prologue this morning. Our guest is Ashley Terrell. We're talking about her book, The Black Sheep Shadow, and we are going to be back with more after these short messages. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren. On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. America's Web Radio is the most diverse and informative radio station anywhere in cyberspace. We have shows about health, business, current events, entertainment, home care, and everything in between. We appreciate your continued support of America's Web Radio. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose. And with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. 
Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back. We're here on the prologue. We've got a special guest this morning, Ashley Terrell, and she's brought us her book, The Black Sheep Shadow. Ashley, would you tell the listeners where they can find out more about you and all of your books, particularly The Black Sheep Shadow? Yes, uh, you can actually purchase The Black Sheep Shadow um, on Amazon.com, and it's also available on Kindle Unlimited as well. Okay, and give us the title of your other books. You've got two other books out there. Give us those right quick. Yes, I do. Um, my pre, my last novel, uh, Bitterness Isn't Sexy, is available on Amazon.com, as well as my first writing, uh, The Diary of the Black Stilettos, that is available on Amazon as well. And also, there is... Uh, there are reviews actually trending on Twitter and on Amazon for the Black Sheep Shadow. So definitely take a look at those. All right. Very good. Do you have a personal website? Yes. Um, you can actually uh, check me out at uh, com. And you can take a look at all of my tour dates on dot blacksheepandcompany.com. All right, very good. We're here primarily talking about, uh, is it fair to call it autobiographical, The Black Sheep Shadow? Is that what you intended it to be? Yes, I did, but I think I put a little twist on it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we're going to make them buy it to find out what that twist is. But uh, still, it's your story, and it it applies to uh, ideas of, of how you help people in their business life. And so, uh, you know, that that's kind of an interesting take uh, to go. But at any rate, uh, we mentioned your dad. Your dad was military, a career military person. Tell us uh, a little bit more about him, please. How was he, uh, what's your remembrances of him growing up when you were uh, there? Um, well, I definitely remember my dad being a very, very, very hard worker. I would never take that from him. Um, my dad was very courageous in my eyes. Um, when I was younger, I remember he was in the military. He was in the U.S. Army, and um, he was always away from home because, of course, duty calls. And when he got closer to um, being discharged and coming out of the the Army, um, I remember mornings, um, hearing him wake up 4.30 in the morning to beat traffic, because at that time he was uh, working for the U.S. Coast Guard. So I, my dad, he he pretty much, that's all that he knew was, was the military. So um, he was a very dedicated man to it, very dedicated. Now you described him as doing the best he could. He, he didn't he didn't really uh, react the same way that, that you described your mom as acting. In other words, you uh, you kind of looked up to him a little bit more than you did her. Is that correct? Yeah, I did. Um, I did. I, I feel like 
as as a little girl, I feel as if like you know, um, there's that little part of every every daughter that you know looks up to their dad, um, morally so because that's that's her her first male that she'll ever come into um, interaction with. That's the first male that you know she'll have a conversation with. That's the first male that she she will remember a lot of things that you know that person will tell them, and so. Um, I definitely had a stronger relationship with my dad. Um, also, that plays into the fact that, you know, my mother and I didn't have a very strong relationship either. Well, and strong and good could, could be kind of interchangeable there. The relationship was not as tenuous with your father, and, and you were able to look up at him uh, with admiration like you described. Correct. Okay. Tell us, uh, you, you had someone that you referred to as your first angel. Tell us what you care to about that person. My, uh, growing up, um, I did indeed learn a lot um, from a couple of people in my life. Um, with my parents pretty much being in and out of mine, um, it left more room for my great-grandmother, um, Flossie, to come in and give me a couple of um, words of wisdom to keep me going. And my great-grandmother, we're talking my mother's mom. So we're talking my, my you know, my mom, my, my grandmother, and then my great-grandmother. She's the one that, you know, was there pretty much when the chips were down and when the sun was up. And so we had a lot of interaction. We had a lot to talk about. And I came into interaction with her just in the nick of time in the Black Sheep Shadow. And, of course, you know, the readers, would, if they're really into the book, they will definitely find that out. But um, she's my angel because she truly, like, she truly saved my life. She was there when you needed someone. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Now, did she live nearby uh, where your family home was, or uh, was it a travel for her to get to you, or what was that relationship? Um, she lived, give or take, uh, maybe 20, 25 minutes away from us at that time. Uh, we were in, we had located to Portsmouth, Virginia, um, after my dad received his orders. And um, my great-grandmother, which is Flossie, she stayed in Newport News, Virginia. And so pretty much it was about a 20, 25-minute commute. Um, we will always go see her because um, Grandma, she did not drive. Um, so, um, But we love the trips going over to see her because we'll take her out. And, you know, we, she didn't want us to look at her to to be any different than how we saw her when we were little kids. So we we enjoyed that travel and that time with her. So she wasn't that far away. She was always within arm's reach. Now, I didn't hear you mention your mom in these. You mentioned your grandmother and then your great-grandmother. Is that really the trio that got together? Um, As far as with my mom, my mother did not speak to her mother, which is my grandmother, she didn't talk to her mother very much, so um, she pretty much kept her distance from her mother. They they had a, uh, a strain on their relationship, um, as in the pattern of how my mother and I have one, um, but my mother um, and her mother never 
made a an effort to try to fix it or to make it uh you know amends um they pretty much just just pretty much just let the bridge burn um whereas um proactively i tried to mend the relationship with my mother um rather than letting it burn um so she did not speak to her mother too much so um she kept a relationship with you know um with her grandmother or grandma flossie so pretty much grandma flossie was everyone's mom my my, mom grandma flossie took care of my mother and grandma flossie took care of me so she pretty much raised three generations (laughs) my goodness now um your great-grandmother is not with us anymore. How is your grandmother doing? Are you still close with her? Um, you know, when my when Grandma Flossie passed, um, my grandmother was actually in the hospital in D.C. She, at that time, had just uh, retired from the um, U.S. from the Pentagon, and um, she unfortunately she fell ill, and we did not know as what the diagnosis was and my mother shockingly enough went to go and check on her mother um, to come to find out um, she was uh, suffering from brain damage um, due to um, alcohol abuse and so after grandmother Flossie passed three weeks later um, my grandmother passed which is my mother's mom she passed Um, so pretty much it it was almost a domino effect how did that strike you? I hate to ask like a reporter. That's a sad question, but how did that affect you? This is your entire support group that you lost in three weeks. Um, I feel honestly, I feel, I feel honestly, I felt like when my grandmother, when Grandma Flossie was living, I feel like my mom was honestly, she was hanging on by a thread. Um, it was almost as if, like, she was, like, dental floss, like, flame to a dental floss. She was slow, like, she was slowly hanging on, um, slowly slipping away, barely hanging on, excuse me. And I feel as if, um, when my, when Grandma Flossie passed, it was pretty much, you know, as soon as she passed, her, her mom, really, that's when pretty much they put her on life support. Um, I think, honestly, when my grandmother, when my mother's mom, um, when she pulled the plug on her, I feel like I feel like when when she made that decision for her to just go ahead and, and go home, I felt like that's when my mom just completely just, like, blacked out. Um, mm-hmm. She backslid on a lot of, uh, 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 on a few things that made the relationship, if, if it was, if it was strenuous, first it was completely just she was the detonator and um when she lost both generations and and I feel as if like my mom she didn't really ask for closure but her being there the whole entire time watching her mother slip away was like her act of forgiveness like I'm here regardless of how you dismissed me and and how you disregarded me but what she didn't understand in that time frame was that i feel like if she had took that an ounce of that compassion that she had for her mom to you know forgive her she can find it in herself to forgive how our relationship was and try to make it work 
but I felt it was like my mom was just there for closure, as if, like, if she passes, then I know this part of me will die with her because I'm standing here with her. But unfortunately, it didn't work that way. It just made things a little bit worse. But um, I, I, I hung in there as best as I could. Um, there was times, you know, it was hard. But um, in the Black Sheep Shadow, the readers will find that, you know, Sometimes you, you have to be, you, you never know when there's an angel, and sometimes you just, you just never know when they'll talk to you. So you definitely have to be mindful of who you're nice to and the words that you say because they're seeds too. And just like you plant them, they grow. So um, it, it was definitely hard, but I made it through. Very good. Well, we're glad you did, and the book explains all of this and, and also how uh, – the knowledge of what you went through can help others. Tell the folks real quick, where can they find out more about Ashley Terrell and her books? Oh, you can um, absolutely go to uh, www.aterrellenterprises.com, and they'll give you a breakdown. All right, and also on Amazon and the traditional online booksellers, right? Correct. Okay. Folks, we're here this morning. We've got special guest Ashley Terrell. We're talking about her book, The Black Sheep Shadow, and we're going to be back with more from Ashley after these messages. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren on Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. All right, we are back. We are on the prologue. We're having a real good discussion both on the air and off the air this morning with Ashley Terrell. We're talking about her great book, The Black Sheep Shadow. Uh, we were talking about some of the uh, 
situations that she dealt with as a child growing up, her support group being her grandmother and her great-grandmother. And uh, there was an alcohol problem that was there with the grandmother. Uh, Ashley, were you aware of that as you were traveling with her, or or was that something that you just uh, really didn't notice until you were told about it later? Um, I actually, my mom dibbled and dabbled over the years to inform me that there were um, a couple of issues in regards to um, substances in the family, but it was really hush-hush. We had a very closed-door policy, and in the Black Sheep Shadow, um, that will be explained, but um, it really didn't become apparent, and it wasn't um, confronted in, in front of my brother and, and myself um, until um, I will say honestly when when it was too bad for there to be a turnaround um, if if that makes sense. So it pretty does, much, but I guess I guess what I was trying to ask you was while you were with her when you were younger and and she was taking you to see Flossie, were you aware there was a problem at all or did you just not see it? No, um, the problem wasn't with Grandma Flossie. Um, If anything, she stopped smoking cigarettes. Um, My mother's mom had the alcohol problem. Right, that's what I was asking. Were you aware of that? No, I wasn't. Um, my mom, that was one thing my mom definitely kept to herself. Um, she didn't talk about her mom a lot at all. Um, she she never called the house either. Okay. Now, that tends to be uh, sometimes something that skips through generations. Did, did that have an effect on you later in your young adult life? It did. It did in, in its own way. Um, I didn't... I, my biggest thing is uh, generations change. Uh, the things that people do and that have trends change. So what may have been um, advice for one of uh, my ancestors or for one of my parents wasn't necessarily mine, um, but I I did um, I did have some repercussions from what I seen from them. Okay, and yet all of this is explained uh, in detail in the book and, and how you overcame it. How do you apply your lessons and your story, your personal struggles, how do you apply that to your clients, the people that you're trying to help with their business? Um, I feel I heard a question asked one day, and to be really honest with you, Doug, it changed my life. And the question was, um, today could be the day that you can commit to a an intention, an unintentional relationship, or excuse me, an unconditional relationship with yourself. Could you do it? Could you honestly today commit to an unconditional relationship with yourself? How you are with your flaws, with your past, with your vices, with your upbringings. With your positivity, could you honestly, could you honestly commit to the unconditional relationship with yourself? And I feel within that moment, you you do a flash reflect is what I like to call it, and you think about what you're facing then, what you faced yesterday, and what you may possibly face the next day in front of you. 
And typically people can say yes or no. From there, that's the starting point as to where we can ask why. We're not going to go in the past and try to start there to make up reasons as to why you are where you are today. What we're going to do is we're going to start from today, and we're going to say, if you can say yes or no, why can you or can you not have an unconditional relationship with yourself? And from there, your answer is strictly based off of what you feel about yourself. If you want better, you will know it, you will see it, and you'll do it. But if you don't want to, then you'll complain and life will attack. You just have to de- you have to really figure out what person you want to be. So you see all of this as baggage or things in the way of someone reaching out and being successful in whatever endeavor they're trying to, uh, to, to achieve that success in. Is that what you're saying? Well, I would think of it like this. I feel like if, if everything in life is built up for that one moment for you to really combust and show everybody what it is that you're made out of, what it is that you're supposed to do, I wouldn't label it anything that would be negative. I mean, me, me personally, I will label it as an investment. Because if it's to elevate me to where I need to be, then I have to keep in mind that, you know, it's going to cost you. And just because everyone has a parachute and you see them coming down and it's open doesn't necessarily mean it's going to open as soon as you pull that plug. No, you're going to have some skin tore off of you, in the words of Steve Steve Harvey. It's going to happen. So my biggest thing is, you know, if you're looking at your, your setup for your elevation to be, uh, to be a bill, then it's going to be very hard for you to see the, the lesson and how quick you can move throughout your journey to get to where you want to be. You know, time doesn't compress if you're complaining about it. But if you're filling every moment that you can with doing what you can to get to where you want to be, then it makes it very easy uh, for you to go through a lot of, uh, of what you have to learn to get to where you where you want to be. Now, if you look at what you're going through in your setups to elevation to be investments, then even though you may lose a couple of dollars, you may learn a lot of lessons along the way. They won't hurt as much. Understand they'll still hurt, but they won't hurt as much, and you can find happiness within where you are. And in the black sheep shadow, there's a lot of that, and it comes full circle to acceptance, as we said earlier, and you finding comfortability in where you are. But don't get that misconstrued with being uncomfortable with, you know, you have to be uncomfortable with the unknown as well. And that also takes place in you being happy with where you are, trying to figure it out for right then and there. I think that's a a really big pinpoint in the black sheep shadow that a lot of people needed to hear. And I think it'll help a lot of people. Now, this is your third book. And you, your business is wrapped around helping folks. Uh, writing is important to what you do. Reading is important to what you do. Uh, did you enjoy reading at an early age? Yes, I did. Um, it was actually, honestly, my refuge um, from everything that was going on at home. You know, you I felt like at home. Yeah, you described it as a safe haven, didn't you? Yeah, it was. A, it was absolutely refuge. 
what age were you when this first started, when that safe haven was made available to you? Um, I will honestly say the moment I acknowledged that the school had a place where the, the children can check out books and they have book swamps, um, we have book fairs. The moment I discovered those things, I discovered those avenues of education, I was hooked. Um, and I would have to say that started as early as the first grade. Wow. So overall, your school experience was good for you. Yes, it, it absolutely was. Now, were, were there any particular teachers, uh, any certain classes that were influential to you into obtaining your focus? Um, academically, um, it was definitely a, a paradise, a safe haven. I would say um, my most influential influential teacher had to be Mr. Leonardi. He was my freshman year's um, honors English teacher. And what inspired me the most about him was the fact that every day he showed up for work and he had the biggest smile on his face. He just loved English. He he loved he he walked, talked, breathed, smiled it. He he loved it. And what I did not know is is that this man was so uncontrollably happy. You would have never known that he he was placed in an orphanage when he was younger, until he was thirteen years old. And he has a beautiful family. He's happy. He's over the moon. And I was just like, wow, I want to know what happiness is like that. Like, he comes from pretty much, you know, no one being there. He didn't have, really have a support system like I didn't. And yet he's happy. And, you know, I, I accelerated through his program. I loved his teaching style. So all the way around, he was such an inspiration to me. And so that drove you towards not only reading more, but to exploring writing. Is that correct? Absolutely. 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 Okay. Okay. Now, just for your total overall personality and all, in school, did you play or participate in sports or any other extracurricular stuff? Yes. Yes, I did. That was part of school that um, I consider refuge as well. Okay. Well, what was it? What did you do? Um, I definitely did tennis. Um, I did field hockey. I definitely did basketball. I did cheerleading. Um, I did a mixture of a few things. I did field hockey, um, soccer. I love dodgeball, weightlifting at times, you know, to stay toned, um, track. Those were all really big, um, really big things, um, at that time in my life. Okay. All right. Now, tell us. The title of the book, The Black Sheep Shadow, what exactly does that mean to you? What is it you're expressing to the reader through that title? Um, well, the thing is, if, if I were to do that, I was so in. I was so kill the end of the book. I was so um, put that out there. So my biggest thing is we're not by ourselves as what we assume that we are is what I will say. Okay. All right. Now, we're coming up against uh, our last break for today. I want you to tell us again, where all can people find out about Ashley Terrell and her books, primarily The Black Sheep Shadow? 
you can check out uh, The Black Sheep Shadow, available now on Amazon.com and Kindle Unlimited. You can also uh, write your review on Amazon.com and Goodreads.com and check out my tour dates on uh, www.blacksheepandcompany.com. Very good. And you know what she mentioned there? I'm a writer myself, and I get to talk to writers every week. The review process is something that a lot of the good fans we have out there forget about. That's very important, isn't it, Ashley? Yes, absolutely. Do that, do that review. <laughs> okay. Yes, please. That's my little plug for all the other writers that we know out there. All right, we're going to take our last break right now. We're here this morning with Ashley Terrell. We're talking about the Black Sheep Shadow, and we're going to be back with more after these messages. When four members of Congress all die within four months, each of their deaths appears to be from natural causes. But when mysterious messages begin to appear in the form of quotations from long-dead revolutionary heroes, one reporter sets out to prove the existence of a serial killer. His search discovers dark secrets and an assassin shielded by people who need the very services that only he can provide. The Sun Silas Rising, a novel by Doug Dahlgren. On Kindle or paperback through Amazon.com. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction and medical director of the Atlanta Healing Center. Please join me on Tuesday afternoons at 4 p.m. This is Daryl Pullis inviting you to listen to America's Homegrown Veggie Show right here every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern Time. Great guests, great tips, and valuable information about growing your own vegetables, fruits, and herbs. This is Dr. George from Peachtree ENT Center. We've won patient care awards and have the highest patient recommendations because we believe in practicing medicine the old-fashioned way. Practicing good medicine is based in listening to the patient and making a care plan that is individual. The best medical care is given when there is a strong doctor-patient relationship built on mutual trust and respect. At Peachtree ENT Center, we believe in taking care of the whole patient because healing is more than writing a prescription. Whether you have problems hearing, have frequent throat or sinus infections, from the time you call our office and speak to a real person, you'll be treated as an individual and not as an ailment. During your visit, you will not be rushed and all your questions will be answered. When possible, natural treatments will be recommended to fix the problem. If surgery is recommended, cost-effective, minimally invasive treatment for snoring, sleep apnea, or sinus problems will be offered because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And welcome back. We're here on the prologue on America's Web Radio. Our guest this morning is author Ashley Terrell. She's brought her book, The Black Sheep Shadow. Now, Ashley, this is somewhat autobiographical, and we've concentrated mainly on your youth as, as a younger person. Um, there are many other trials that you describe in this book, uh, primarily when you were a young adult. Would you care to tell us a little bit about that? We want the readers to read the book, but uh, tease them a little bit about what you went through and what your story is about as a young adult, would you? Um, yes. Uh, you. I definitely learned a couple of lessons about uh, appreciation and gratitude. Uh, you never know when someone's uh, last day may or may not be here. 
but you never want to put yourself in that position to have to second guess. Um, I've also really learned uh, a lot about how far um, I can go if I push myself, um, as well as someone can learn from the book as far as um, how far someone will push you if you allow them. So there's definitely um, there's some, some lessons in there about that. And definitely um, lessons of learning to, to walk away and, and learning the difference between, um, you know, picking your battles and picking wars. Um, you, you definitely have to learn difference because, you know, in life you, you have a, a lot of years to live, so you definitely want to, um, want to be able to see all of them. So it's, a, it's a definitely a really good book for anyone to pick up and read. We talked earlier about how important your father was to you in your life. There was a period of time, though, uh, about 13 years, that you guys were totally separated. What happened there? What was that about? Um, mainly uh, divorce. Uh, divorce, I've learned, um, brings out a completely different side in people that you think you'll never see or you never assume that someone will have. But um, life has a crazy way of, you know, um, giving us different behavioral approaches. And um, in, in that regard, um, a lot of lessons about uh, the people that we pick to choose or the people that we pick to spend our life with, we have to be very mindful of who we choose. And we have to be very mindful of how we get to know them and who we get to know. Um, because when it's too late, it could possibly be just that. Um in the Black Sheep Shadow, I, I talk about uh, uh, different uh, relationships that I've had in the past that um, could have ended good or they could have ended worse. But um, nonetheless, they're lessons that I think every reader can relate to and they need to read about. Transitioning away from that, we want the folks to read about it because you do give lessons and stories about uh, the men that were in your life and, you know, the, the levels of support that they offered. Um but you, you got through all that period, and again, we want the folks to buy The Black Sheep Shadow and read about this. Tell us, uh, what was the best job that you had that you can recall? Wow. I feel like the best job I um, at a senior citizen's um, home at that time, and I loved it because of the wisdom. I loved it because... I felt I felt at ease. I felt I was around uh, great spirited people, and my boss at that time, Charlotte, um, she was awesome. Um, she she was like one of those like God sent, you know, by your grandmother type <laughs> angels. Um, she rooted for me when I felt like no one did. Um, the people that I work with, they did the same. They, they've seen me walk across stages to receive certifications and diplomas and degrees. And that was a place in my life where I really needed that. I needed someone to help make sure that my nest was okay. I had a landing spot for myself, even if I was to, you know, move on and experience success on my own. I, I was able to land softly. So they definitely made that my best job. Tell the folks again, there was an interruption that I don't know whether it went out on the air or not, but just what that job was real briefly. We heard the descriptions, but what was that job? Um, it was actually in real estate. It was property management. I was actually a okay. community manager at that time. So it was definitely a fun job. I, I learned a lot. Okay. 
I just want to, we may have repeated that for the listeners, but I just want to make sure that that got out. Uh, who was the greatest influence to your career? Um, I will honestly have to say it will be executive life coach Valerie Burton. I feel just how she spoke about the things that on a daily basis we feel that we only see a, a surface meaning to. She definitely changed my mindset in regards to how I look at things happening in my life. And and, and so I went to her actual um, schooling for life coaching, which is uh, CAP Institute in Georgia. I actually received my certification for life coaching through her institute. She was such a mentor to me and an inspiration. Um, it was a no-brainer. <laughs> now, was that kind of the model for the business that you offer uh, to your clients? Yes, Absolutely. Um, the church that she's a part of, which is uh, T.D. Jake's Potter House, is affiliated with my church um, back home in Norfolk, Virginia, which is Calvary Revival Church. So um, there's already kind of like an instant connection there. So to understand where she was coming from with her life, in, um, her life coaching and um, how I wanted my approach to be, I thought it was just a no-brainer. It was awesome. Well, now, the business that you offer today where you're counseling other entrepreneurs is just one of the things that you, you've done and, and, and continue to do. What would you say is the greatest accomplishment of your career to date? Oh, wow, that is a good question. Um, I will honestly say, I will honestly say accomplishing fear has been a really big part in, in, in reference to where I'm at today. Um, because I feel like, you know, sometimes the right and the wrong thing is the same. And I feel that, you know, our fear, you know, and our dreams are can possibly be the same thing. And in my situation, I felt like it was. I wanted to be able to elevate, and I wanted to be able to move up on a ladder um, professionally. And I felt my biggest fear was that, you know, packing up and moving on, I would have to make sacrifices. But everything comes with that. And I feel like letting go of that fear and just doing it has unlocked so many doors for me. So I'm very proud of myself. Well, you should be. Very good. Now, you <laughs> have The Black Sheep Shadow is your third book. Do you have any other books that you plan to bring out for us later? Yes, I do. I actually have a couple in the works um, for... Uh, maybe 2016, um, more or less within the next maybe uh, six to eight months or so. We'll see. But we definitely have some books in the works that are coming up. So definitely be on the lookout, but definitely read Black Sheep Shadow. All right. Now, do you still have time with your busy schedule? Do you still read for your personal entertainment? I do. I actually try to fit it in as much as I possibly can. I've taken out a lot of TV time and put in a little bit more time to write and more time to read um, because, as you know, um, the life of being on the road and, and publicizing and promoting a book, um, it, it takes a lot of time, and it can take you away a little bit mentally. So um, I definitely try to keep my head in a book or two. Like right now, I'm reading, um, I'm reading a book by John Maxwell, so I try to read things that are going to um, infuse and inspire me to keep pushing. 
Is there a particular genre that you enjoy the most? Uh, I'm not really familiar with John Maxwell, but, I mean, are you a fiction uh, lover, or are you into the romance novels with the glossy covers? Or What is your favorite genre? <laughs> um, honestly, I feel like I don't have one. I, I have genres that I pay a little bit more attention to, um, and that would definitely be, like, self-help and inspirational coaching business. Um, I do, I do like romance every now and then. Romance novels, they're nice. Um, but more or less, I'm more of a person that I love education. I love learning. So as long as I can continue to learn, I will always grow in my talent. And, um, I feel like I, I'm, a, I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable right now in the inspirational and self-help and a couple of nonfiction books. Okay. Uh, you mentioned John Maxwell. Is there a particular author who is your favorite? Um, definitely Valerie Burton. She's one of them. She's a mentor of mine. Um, John Maxwell, of course. Um, Omar Tyree is a really good author. He does fiction um, romance. Um, I think I, I'm a little bit of everybody. I like Joyce Myers. I do like uh, Joel Osteen. Um, I'm a little bit of everybody. Um, I can read a little bit of everything, and it can catch my attention. So, for me to to name if I have a you know a precise favorite, I mean, I would definitely need more time. But then that would still be unfair because there's so many. <laughs> well, real quick, we need to wind this up this morning, but really fast, if you can, as a counselor to business people, what is the main obstacle that you see? to business today? Um, the main obstacle is just learning how to survive. But the thing is, is once we learn how to overcome that that box mentality of just trying to survive and look at it as you're trying to succeed, you'll see different ways that you'll make those possibilities happen. Excellent. Folks, the book is The Black Sheep Shadow. The author, Ashley Terrell, has been with us this morning. Ashley, we really have enjoyed having you with us. Uh, thank, thank you, you so much for being I'm stepping on you. I'm sorry. Thank you so much for being here this hour. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Very good. Listeners, the ball is now in your court. I want you to look up Ashley Terrell on Amazon and also at her website and uh, make sure that everything is going good. Um, folks, uh, tell all your friends about the show and how they can listen to the free podcast by simply clicking on americaswebradio.com and then go to our archive pages. If you'd like to be a guest on the prologue with Doug Dahlgren, please check with me through email, doug at americaswebradio.com or doug at dougdahlgren.com. So that's it for this hour. I want to thank my guest, Ashley Terrell. And so for myself, I am Doug Dahlgren. And for my guest, I want to say be good to yourself, read a book, if it's not Ashley's, maybe you'll pick one of mine. And I'll see you again in just 167 hours. Take care. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.